Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm sitting here with a very hungover Gregory Marcus. My name is Erik van Bemmelen. <laughs> my, name, my name is Gregory Marcus. And you're listening to the Dutch Film Podcast. Well, we didn't start it with our normal stuff. Okay. Start, start it off. Start it off. <laughs> Trying to save your ass. Yeah. Do that right into the microphone. Hello and welcome to the Dutch Film Podcast. My name is Gregory Marcus. And ik ben Erik van Bemmelen. I am not Dutch. And I am. And I am hungover. And I'm not, surprisingly. Which is actually quite surprising. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. Yeah. It's a Sunday. It is a Sunday. A sunny Sunday. A very sunny. We would have the curtains closed. Mm -hmm. It hasn't rained here in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. We're ready for another springtime drought after one of the wettest years in history i think so we're breaking all the records but that's uh expected in the current times so I, why are you hung over i had a birthday party last night of okay. a friend and um as the classic story goes oh you know i thought i'd be home by 9 30. i was home by 12 30 which is also like quite reasonable mm -hmm. but you started early it started at four yeah okay i actually got there even 45 minutes before the birthday person just so i could get a few in <laughs> really yeah because i felt like i really wanted to pay for beer myself until okay. they opened the tap very good which if we're talking about dutch isms uh -huh. that's mm -hmm. such a fucked up one it was like it's up to the birthday person to pay, to pay. for the yeah. drinks yeah. for their birthday party true yeah yeah you do you do not get treated in the netherlands if you're having your birthday no no, no. and i wound up buying her two bottles of wine after she closed her tab okay and then we drank two bottles of wine i bet you drink from those bottles yeah no they were okay. shared yeah okay yeah. Um, that's a good gift you get to enjoy it yourself yeah the bar didn't do wine by the glass and she can't drink beer because okay. of diabetes and so it was like she's like oh i don't want to buy a bottle i was like it's your fucking birthday like, and then you bought a bottle i bought two bottles yes Bam. <laughs> it's very good wine. Gre greg the bowler i like it but what was fun you know thought we'd be home by 9 30 10 o'clock i'm doing this with my eyes closed <laughs> I, yeah. if you could see him he's he's trying very hard people um but the bar is next not going to give away the name of the bar i was at but the bar is next to mark cantina which is a club in amsterdam mm -hmm. and i knew it was going to get busy because obviously there was a party happening there that night but what was funny is like we were deep into our night by 10 o'clock yeah we were six hours in and, and then all, all the other sudden, people they're starting up yeah they're yeah. like setting yeah. up the queue and all of a sudden yeah. all these people like what have they been doing <laughs> from four o'clock like that so, was, so would you prefer like the the british model where you just start clubbing earlier in the night you're home by 12 one yeah 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 i'm always of the mind i remember when i first moved to europe even when i moved to prague years ago and people mm. were like oh we're having a party i was like great what time to start they're like 11 11 yeah yeah like, what the fuck do you mean it's starting at 11 like i'll be there <laughs> at like six <laughs> and i'll leave at 11 <laughs> yeah i'll leave at 11 yeah. or if it's good i'll stay until yeah. until it's over yeah but that might change a little due to COVID, but I, maybe not i mean well i hope now that we're just older yeah that's true, start that's true. i mean the night does have its own charm right the middle of the night yeah i agree yeah and i always wind up not eating dinner when i start drinking at four yeah also because the and, bar and, and I go you're to... still hungover i mean you would think that if you would be home by 12 you manage to 
get less of a hangover, but... Yeah, nope. I was going to nope. be hungover no matter what. Okay. The, the... Okay, so enough about your hangover. <laughs> Why are you not hungover? Um, I was at a baby shower. Maybe that's the best best answer. <laughs> no, but I did have some gin at the baby shower, but uh, apparently not enough to get me hungover. Apparently you're not pregnant. I am not, no. And we are in my apartment. Yep. Which is a plot twist. Yep. And it's one eighth the size of your apartment yeah but we all we need is two mics right yeah and, <laughs> and, a, a, lot, table. and a lot less reverb yeah that's true maybe some street noise or some noise from the mm. hallway whatever but we are here it's been a while we saw each other then i got covid yep and so i had to deal with all that so we watched a movie uh, a couple of weeks back yeah um but we have notes and hopefully our memories are like pristine because we planned to do two episodes yep, yep. last episode <laughs> we didn't nope. have it in us. <laughs> and so what movie did we watch three weeks ago that we're going to talk about now sporlos sporlos the one that everyone says you should watch the one that i've been meaning to watch for eight years irregardless of the podcast you just wanted to watch it yeah. I like horror thriller, and everyone said this was the mm. best Dutch horror thriller, and it was very good. Yeah, yeah. I very much enjoyed it. It, it lived up to the hype. Nice, yeah. Man, me too. I've seen it before, um, but I think the last time I saw it was is a long time ago. Like it's ba- We will get into that later, but it's based on a novel, and during high school we had to read the novel and watch the movie and compare. But that's like... <laughs> I don't know, 18 years ago, so probably not a lot of help from that. <laughs> no. no no, no, carryover insights no, from your no. school days? I looked for my notes, but I, I probably threw them out in the, in the sure, years yeah. that Sure, you didn't passed. have your notebooks anymore? No. Okay, but we're here to talk about Sporlos, and you got the details here of who the yep. director is, who the writer is, the year. I will give you some. Um, so Sporlos, The Vanishing. Uh, if you would translate it literally, it would be without a trace. Without a trace. Yeah. Spore lows. And there is an American version. Yep. Which they call The Vanishing. I think so. Yeah. 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 Directed by the same director, George Sluiser. So apparently he really loved working with this material. But I think, I mean, the Dutch movie um, had success, but I don't think the the American version is that well known, right? Have you did you hear about it prior uh, moving before moving to uh, the Netherlands? Oh God, no, no. no. And oh. I think I, I read the reviews and it was widely um, panned by okay. critics, uh, not well received at all. Okay, despite having quite a good cast, I think it was like like Richard Gere and Laura Dern. Like it was no mm. Sandra Bullock and Sandra Bullock. Okay, um, interesting. I'll pull it up. You run through a bit more. We'll see okay, so the up. movie, the movie that we watched now, Sporlos, the. Dutch version, the original version, is from 1988, the year of my birth. So Mine too. Now people know how old we are. Yep, if you can count at least. Um, it's based, as I already mentioned, on a novel by Tim Cabe. The novel's called uh, Het Gouden Ei, The Golden Egg. And uh, some of those themes run through the movie as well. Uh, but I get why they went for a different name, because The Golden Egg sounds like a different type of movie than it actually is. Yes. So that's a good name change. Um, so dive into the cast? or Yeah, so the, the 93 Americanized version is Jeff Bridges. Oh, really? 
Sandra Bullock and Kiefer Sutherland. Hmm. And Jeff Jeff Bridges plays like the bad the bad guy the okay. evil man. Okay, I and see him doing I that. See, I mean, Jeff Bridges yeah. is incredible. Yeah, actor. Why is this not a good movie? Because George Slasser directed it. I don't know. No, but okay. Well, we'll get into that. But he, he did a fine job directing this film. He did. It, yeah, he did. And then oh. then you read the. You know what? Because you, I sent you. I texted you like, oh, this is the ending for the American version. Yeah. Okay. And they it's changed completely it. different. So the studio yeah. must have just gotten involved and said this is way too grim for okay. American audiences. So we cannot blame it on uh, Mr. Slauser, not on the actors probably. But well, more, I mean, maybe he didn't fight with the studio hard enough for his yeah. own vision. He was probably happy enough that he got to make a movie in the States. He probably made some money, yeah. 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 And he got to work with Jeff Bridges and Kiefer Sutherland and Sandra Bullock. Okay, so Sporlos, first thoughts, what did you think? Um, and what setting did you watch it? I watched it on, on my couch. Mm -hmm. I watched it via the I film player and I is the film museum in Amsterdam. It's the film museum of the Netherlands. And they have a on-demand service with a bunch of Dutch films and foreign language films that you pay $3.50 for and you get it for 48 hours. Good deal. Quite a good deal. Quite a lot of good films on there. I think we might be using it again just because it's so hard to find these movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I couldn't find it on DVD. Um, so I watched Sporlos on DVD because you have, I had you a, have this cool box set. Yeah, it's part of a box set like Dutch classics. Yeah. What else is in there? Uh, the Aanslag. No, not Borgman, but uh, another movie from uh, from Warmer Dam. Uh, Rim. Okay. Um, the Aanslag Susje. Susjes, yeah. Yeah. Someone um, uh, at the bar last night. Someone said we should. I should watch Susjes. Yeah, we should. Yeah. Kim van Kooten. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where a did, good where, box set. Where did you get this box set? Probably when I was 18. Oh, it was yours? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you could steal it from your mother. No, I, I will steal a lot of Dutch movies from my mother, though, for this podcast. But this was one I already had in stock. Yeah. So I watched it after watching Van Godlos. I might have even done them back to back. And I watched Sporlos twice, which is of no use now three weeks later. But I did watch it twice mm -hmm. because I actually think I fell asleep. <laughs> that's while watching that's not a good sign no 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 because i've uh, this is such a good story no it's not because <laughs> we were supposed to do the podcast i think yes the day after so i was watching it and i had dungeons and dragons that night as well so i was like fuck i have to watch them to it's watch a lot of hard work people Doing this podcast. Finding the time to watch these movies is... <laughs> In um, our busy lives. This Unbelievable. Is, this is why Such a torture. This is why podcasting is a real job, everyone. Uh -huh. You know, you can uh -huh. tell your parents uh, podcasting is real hard work. Anyway, but I fell asleep um, near the end, so I had to rewatch it um, to see what I missed. And I actually missed a really pivotal moment of the movie. Okay, so you want to dive right into that? What the pivotal that's moment funny was? because it was the, the moment about diving. Okay. Where he has to... Where you're the baddie, um, mm -hmm. Bernard is his name. Yeah. So he's our evil gentleman. And th though it's nice about this movie and what I read about it is the movie doesn't shy away from, you know, if this were to be, you know, let's say a more contemporary film, you would have all the suspense of um, Saskia disappearing. Okay. So may maybe we'll not do a total plot outline but maybe a quick recap um the movie is about a couple yes a dutch couple although the uh, the guy is being played by a belgian actor 
the couple's names are Rex en Saskia. And they are played by Gene Barefoots en Johanna Terstegen. And they are just going on a holiday. A typical Dutch holiday to France. They have their bikes on top of their car. This is what I, that's what I actually really want to talk about the most. Yeah, in, uh, we will this, talk okay, about yeah. this. We will talk about this, definitely. Um, but that, okay, so they go there. They're on holiday. They're yeah. at a gas station. They're Fame a gas station. French gas stations. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes missing. Yeah. And he's in total shock, of course. Um, and the rest of the movie basically follows him trying to find out what happened um, on that dreadful day. Um, Your standard kind of missing persons film, but... No. The twist is that we meet Bernard, mm-hmm. the guy who kidnaps yeah. Saskia. Um, Saskia. We meet him very early on, and they they don't they walk through his process basically. Yeah. So you see, you get both stories simultaneously with yeah. a little bit of a time yeah. time gap. You kind of are following him, maybe like a few months up to a few days to the moment of the kidnapping, yeah. and, and then that, you follow. That's a Rex. three three year um, time gap. His process of kind of trying to perfect yeah. this kidnapping. Yeah. yeah. And he goes really far uh, in perfecting this. Like, I think that's one of the charms of the movie, actually. That you do not only see the crime, but you see him trying to prepare for the perfect crime. Yeah. And it's so creepy. He's so creepy. He is very... I mean, that's a... I cannot even believe that he's acting. That's so good. The... Um, <laughs> I got, it was a bit tricky because in the beginning you get him with his family in their like country house in France and he has two daughters and it looks like a nice little you know nuclear family and they're having he subtly kind of makes them play this screaming game yeah. at the dinner table that they're having outside where everyone is just screaming at the top of the lungs yeah. like the loudest they can like it's a game and then it cuts to him down the road at his neighbor, which is probably, you know, a kilometer away or something. And then he asked the neighbor, oh, you know, did you hear, did you happen to hear? Um, mm-hmm. I heard some screams uh, Yeah, did you yesterday. hear them as well? And yeah. he's like, oh, no, I didn't hear anything. Like, yeah. he's sussing out yeah. that yeah. Was so subtle and really well done there. Yeah, and he's um, also experimenting with uh, uh, chloroform. Yeah, yeah. How much chloroform he should put on, a, on his uh, handkerchief. Um, and he... Um, he tests it on, tests himself, it on yeah. himself, but also he times all this stuff like how much time it takes to walk from one door, one car door to the other. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and he writes everything down. He just gets it perfectly. How long it takes him to say certain sentences? Yeah. But the thing is, like, he's not per se good. Like, he's not some. No, he's not a. He's not some Heath Ledger Joker type character true. that has everything planned out. No, he's not a stone cold killer. Maybe that's what makes him, in a way, also likable. And, and it makes it harder to understand his motive. His motive is vague. It exists, but it's vague. Nah, I think you're more led to believe that he's a psycho sociopath, sorry. Um, uh, he's fully a sociopath. And, yes. he, and this is just his way of... This is how it comes out. Getting I mean, off. Yeah. yeah. But it's not necessarily sexual. No, I don't think so. No. No. But he's very good. And I read on the, uh, you know, the classic IMDb trivia mm. page that... Um, Apparently, Stanley Kubrick called George Slauser to let him know, like, this was one of the scariest movies I've seen in a long time. Really? Yeah. And, Sick. And Kubrick and the Netherlands have an interesting relationship, because I also read that he tried to cast um, Saskia. Uh, Johanna Terstegen. Johanna Terstegen. For a film that wound up not happening. Because he died before he could make it. Right? No, because oh, no. Uh, it was going to be about uh, the Holocaust. And then uh, Spielberg okay. made Schindler's List and he said like, well, okay, I'm not going to make a really? Holocaust movie. You know, oh, great. Someone already made the perfect one. 
I disagree. And there are so many Holocaust <laughs> movies. He should have made one. Why not? Just add one to the pile. But a funny thing I learned uh, researching a different project for work <laughs> um, is that Kubrick had um, Dick Rymakers. And Dick Rymakers is a famous um, Dutch um, music concrete avant-garde noise electronics producer from the 50s, the 50s, 60s. He used to work at the Notlop, which was Philips's equivalent of the, what's it called? The BBC uh, Radiophonic Workshop. So this was in, I know, but anyway, Dick Reimachers was a dude, he was around, and Kubrick invited him to do the score for 2001. Okay. And Reimachers delivered his thing, and then Kubrick was like, you know what, I'm actually just going to keep the, the music I have. Like the really? Danube Waltz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. He thought it was shitty. Or... He was just so happy with what he had at the time. You know, he... It's a bit cruel to, to let someone else make something. Yeah. And in the end, like, wow, what I already had is actually perfect. And it's and everyone's and always... Everybody re- agrees, right? <laughs> well, everyone's always rescoring, uh, you know, Lego Welt, obviously, like, rescored 2001. I was mm-hmm. like, does it really need to be rescored? Like, no. Kubrick was so intent on... Yeah. That music... It's already perfect. Why redo it no. it's perfect and it's so unique it's like no. he could have done sci-fi synthy stuff but no he wanted orchestral no. music and you cannot really think about a movie without thinking about the, the music yeah like it's, it's like having no. like the scene in psycho but it's like a trap without beat. a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 should be a trap beat actually <laughs> <laughs> okay so sporlos where did you talk now talking about soundtracks in sporlos the oh, theme song really you... reminded me of The Godfather. Oh, I can't, I can't recall. Okay, well, but we can talk about the music because uh-huh. it's Henny Frienten. <laughs> okay, right? try that again. Henny Frienten. <laughs> okay, right. And the band the... is called? No, it's just him. No, okay, but, but he's, he's from a famous Dutch Dumar. band, Dumar. Which are fine. They're kind of they kind they're of, really good. They're, they're really good. They're all right. I have several other records. They're fine. Okay. Uh, but he's cool, and he did the 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 proy which is a movie we'll eventually watch um and more famously he's done all the music for dutch sesame street for the past like 25 years you're kidding no i did not notice he, and there are some really good some bangers dutch language sesame street songs for sure yeah yeah actually the dutch bert and ernie were elected the best bert and ernie's of all the bert and ernie's in the world Wow. By the other Burton Ernie's. <laughs> All the Burton Ernie's <laughs> yeah, got together. They, they got together. We like the Dutch ones. So, it's such a shame they didn't film this. Yeah. <laughs> All these puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in their character, yeah, in a different language. Oh, yeah. Oh. That sounds like a nightmare, but also adorable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more a nightmare, I think. Yeah. yeah. But the music's really good. I think I think he does a really good job. It's quite yeah. mm, mysterious. Myster- mysterious. Who says that? Mysterious. <laughs> so mysterious. <laughs> I really liked the movie. The, the music was so mysterious. So, Henny Freenton, good job. Yep. Adds he doesn't need totally us to, to just tell him he did and a good job. And you know what it sound, reminded me of more so than The Godfather, which I don't remember the music for? But uh, our buddies Lamellon. And the music they did for um, oh, okay. that one project that I did. True. Stouterball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, had that very similar vibe. True. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, is that a typical Dutch soundtrack vibe? Or do you know other, other Well, movies? I mean, it's also similar to like what Dick Maas did on Flutter. Yeah, like for it's sure. very synth-heavy, yeah. very drum machine-heavy. And I think that is just a circumstance of budget limitations. You can't have an orchestra, mm. but... 
You but know, it led to some great music. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, they don't have the money to do an orchestra, so they do whatever they do it can do at home, and it works. Yeah, for sure. In this case, it does at least. Yeah. So the movie was a commercial success. Was it now? Uh, yes, yes, yes. It uh, won uh, an uh, well, Gouden Calf. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's. I mean, I mean, it's not probably a commercial success in the terms of, for example, a flutter, which we already discussed. Um, but okay, wait. Yeah, it's not breaking any banks, you know. But no, no Dutch movies really make a lot of money just because of the limited audience. I think the best performing Dutch film financially is like Goeie Schofrouwen or something. Two. Okay. The highest grossing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which we will cover eventually. Yes. We, we, yeah, we will. At one point, we cannot, cannot ignore it anymore. So the film, we're not going to run through the plot basically, but because we can't fully remember it and it would be really frustrating for anyone listening to listen to us struggle once again to recount the plot of a movie we watched three weeks ago. We should talk about the iconic ending because that really did catch me off guard. Basically, Rex is confronted by Bernard. Bernard kind of seeks him out and says, I'm going to show you what happened to Saskia. Yeah, so Rex goes on national television in calls France. Calls him out. Yeah, calls yeah. him out. And he, he asks to, uh, to, be, uh, uh, to, to be able to confront him directly on television. So he watches right in the camera lens and he tells him... Oh, Wherever you are, whoever you are, come out. I want to know. Uh, and then actually uh, Bernard goes to the Netherlands yeah. to, to pick him up, basically, and tells him, we can leave in five minutes or you will never find out what happened. Mm -hmm. And he drops everything and uh, goes with him. Um, and you can see that Rex is still three years after the fact, which understandably so, but is still like totally obsessed with this. Um, even more so than you would expect uh, like a... It's a normal bit, person it's a bit be. dramatic yeah. uh, you know move on buddy in a, in a way yeah. yeah yeah i can i you know i've never lost but i mean that like that's that, actually the end really uh, has to do with him being so obsessed right in a in a way he he chooses his own death yeah he has to no know sense how of she died yeah yeah that's more important to him knowing how she died than to himself be alive so he's also insane yeah in a way he is yeah, yeah. This and, drove him insane. And so Bernard basically puts him in the car. They drive. They get to the gas station. You know, they're driving for... Because it's set in kind of south of France. So I think they are on their route to Dijon, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Where I was last summer. Really? Yeah, nearby hmm. Dijon, yeah. In, yeah. It's nice. The, the capital of mustard? Yeah, capital. There was a lot of mustard. It was mm. good. It tasted like Dijon mustard. Surprise, surprise. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Um... And so they get to the gas station. It's night. It's winter now. So the vibe is completely different than the bustling summer um, energy. And Bernard says to him, you know, drink this seemingly uh, sleeping potion. That's what they call that stuff, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> he gives him a sleeping potion. Yeah, that's a scientific name. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, Rex has a, he like runs around in, in circles for a little while and screaming and frustrated. And then he decides he's going to drink it. He passes out and he wakes up in a coffin. Yes. He's yes. buried alive. Yeah. And that's it. He dies mm. and it kind of pans away. And, you know, Bernard is saying to him the whole time, the whole time come with me. I'm going to show you what happened yeah. to Saskia. So presumably Saskia was also buried alive. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's so... Yeah, because you see him at one point, I think, looking uh, at the ground. Yeah, yeah. At their uh, vacation home. They're hinting that there's two yeah. people buried under there. Yeah. Yeah. Which is grim yeah i mean so that scene grim. of course it's not the only scene i've ever watched in my life where you see someone being buried alive but it's um, it's terrible to watch i thought there was going to be some cool like uh, kill bill like yeah. he's gonna break out but yeah. no no, no he's well, i'm glad he didn't this i mean now it's like full circle right yeah and so you know i guess they're together in the end yeah well okay so this actually pertains to the meaning of the movie, of course. The original novel, which it's based on. A and true Tim, story. Tim Cabay also um, helped write the screenplay, or wrote the screenplay for uh, Sporlos. The novel's called Het Gouden Ei, The Golden Egg. And this is a theme that you see running throughout the movie, right? The Golden Egg. So you see it when they're stuck at the very beginning of the movie, when they're not yet at the gas station, but they're already in the car going on vacation. They get stuck in a tunnel. And then at the end of the tunnel, of course, there's a light. And that light is like a golden egg. Oh. And she has had this dream, I think all throughout her life, if I'm not mistaken, where she dreams she is locked inside a golden egg, drifting through a black, black fast space. And that's something she has dreamt. And that is what um, George, uh, sorry, George, uh, what Rex is also dreaming right before... He gets on this whole trip with Benar. So they're sort of... Um, so, okay. Let's discuss okay, what, so what does this actually was, mean. There was foreshadowing. There's foreshadowing. And what is what is the golden egg and what is the black fastness? Well, I couldn't remember. So okay, I looked it up. It, we got it here. I looked yeah. it up. So I looked up. We weren't going to... I thought we were going to spend the next 45 minutes just guessing in the guessing. wind. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> this is what Krabbe had to say about it. Okay. Death is the golden egg, and the rest is just the total loneliness. I'm translating this yeah, on, okay. uh, on the go. Um, he says the theme of the book is that, is that there is no death, and death is just the journey you will have inside of the golden egg. So you cannot die, and you will be forever lonely. That's what death is. Which so, really so death is purgatory? In a way, but I guess what if you would translate that to the movie, them both being buried in a coffin, being buried alive, that's sort of their, the way they have to spend the rest of eternity drifting through a vast black space. And he, he has this lighter, right? Yeah, yeah. And the, the lighter also looks like a golden egg, egg. Yeah. in the end. That lighter is using up all his oxygen, though. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. What, what does he want to see? Yeah. Okay, so this is a coffin. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know how I feel about that, like, fucking pseudo-philosophical. I'm more of a... Because I also just rewatched um 1999's The Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Wow. Which was really good it really holds really? up it's really good it's really fun but not He's a philosophical so masterpiece no but you know the whole sentiment the whole tagline of that movie is death is only the beginning mm. and so that's so the beginning of drifting through space in a golden egg that's what i'll say i guess but brendan fraser is having a revival in his career too though uh, good for him I, but that's when you said you started saying the quote. It's like, death is. I was like, oh, only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no, death is a golden egg. Death rides a horse. Um, 
But I mean, that's kind of, wouldn't it be more tragic for, I mean, obviously it's more horrific for Rex mm-hmm. to get buried alive, but wouldn't it be more tragic for him to always just have to deal with not knowing? Yeah. And thinking that it was his fault. Yeah, okay. So, but in a way, this gives him, I mean, it relieves him of the, the stress of thinking it might be his fault. Yeah. Now I mean, that he, he knows. He could have committed suicide as well and, you know, gotten that done with as well. But I think this solves his obsession, right? I mean, he's, not in a nice way. He's but fucking dead. It doesn't really <laughs> no, no, okay, but yeah, I think leading up to it, he he really does think it through. I think I think he presumes there's a big chance he'll die, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I think he's up for it. I think yeah. he's hopeful, but I think he's also pretty much given up on his own life now. Yeah, because yeah. um, he re- he really seems to blame himself for because they were to, supposed to be. Uh, what did he say? Or is that in a different movie? Oh, no, that was from Van Godlos. That what happens to you happens to me. That's a different movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it's applicable to this movie as well. And I guess to a lot of other stories in yeah. human history. Actually, something more important to talk about. Okay, so this movie is called Sporlos. Uh-huh. And the other movie was called Van Godlos. Mm-hmm. L-O-S, L-O-O-S versus L-O-S. True. And But they both have a similar meaning what's the translation here let's do a does eric know dutch yeah caught Caught me off guard um so in the sense of sporlos it means without a trace so los is the without part and spore is a trail a track and you can also say what is a los like what's wrong what's wrong yeah Yeah. so it's a a los means something that's missing or um wrong yeah uh, and los, as in von God los, means something is loose, something is not attached anymore. So you're not connected to God in this instance or anything else. So quite similar. Quite similar. And quite similar <laughs> word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So an honest mistake and uh, the you know nuance in the pronunciation. So if you're if you're listening to this and you're just yeah. learning Dutch, you know, if you say los, los, you know. They're close enough. They're close enough. You'll get away with it. If someone gives you shit, you know, let them know. Yeah, let them know. I listen to this podcast. Eric and Greg say. You know, <laughs> Take it up with them. Yeah. Fuck close. Fuck close. Fuck close. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So that's the movie. Let's talk about, we've talked about the movie. We ran through the plot more or less. Those are pretty much the major threads. Great film. Go watch it. Now let's get into the real meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. How many times in your life have you gone on holiday in France? Pooh, countless. I mean, probably 15 times. 15. Yeah. And okay. So almost half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. Why Greg is bringing this up, of course. In the movie, they're going on holiday to France. And I, I mean, you could look this up, but I guess the France must be the number one destination for Dutch families, for sure. Or couples, but especially families, like families with small children. They go and they camp in the south of France and they spend like a weekend on the Route de Soleil. It's way too warm, way too many people. And they actually call this Black Saturday. Are you familiar with this term? <laughs> the French call it Black no, Saturday? No, no, the Dutch. Zwarte <laughs> Saturday, right? Yeah, yeah. No, what's that, what's that mean? Okay, that means it's, you're a fool if you getting to your car on that day and right, drive right. to the south of France it's because like, everybody else will do it. And it's, it's like a toll stations. There's long lines. People in America traveling on uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Like Something the number like one travel day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, when I think about think about that, 
Um, when I think about going on holiday with my parents by car, when I was like, let's say eight to 15, that's what I think about. I think about being in the back of the car, having my disc man. Yeah. It's fucking hot. Yeah. It's like roasting. Ro- I'm roasting away and you're just in line to pay your toll. And it takes an hour and you're not moving at all. Oh. And you're just sitting there and you're asking your parents, so after we're, we're through with this, how much longer? And they say something, of course, like six hours. Six more hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and every 10 minutes you're sitting there, you think, okay, this will just get worse and worse. That is the cliche Dutch holiday, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, and people in Holland loved riding their bikes, as you know. So they have now. bikes on the... Then there's, oh, there's some thread throughout the film about the tour de france yeah but sure i don't fully know what it was what okay so the tour de france is the biggest i guess cycle tournament of the world maybe even especially uh, it is definitely in europe yeah um and uh it's literally called tour de france so uh are, are you really about to explain what the tour de france is yeah do, do people know I think so. Oh, I sorry. mean, obviously, the most famous cyclist for a long time was uh, the, you an mean American. The, yeah, okay. The yeah, guy doing dope. Fucking cheater. Yeah. Huh? He didn't, you know, ruined his relationship with Cheryl Crow. What he, what'd she ever do to him, you know? Did you, they, they did have a nice joke about the Tour de France. No, what was it? Soete Melk. Talked about this Dutch cyclist. Sweet, sweet milk. Yeah, sweet okay. milk. So Bernard says to Rex at one point something about Soete Melk that is not a typical Dutch name. And Rex got really angry. He said, it is a typical Dutch name. It's basically called Mr. Sweet Milk. I actually have this in my notes. Um, I'm going to pull them up. Uh, Prince film, Greg's favorite films, uh, Ping Pong Balls. Where is it? Accent. No. Did you write down Ping Pong Balls as well? Okay, yeah. Here are my notes. Here are my takeaways from the movie. <laughs> okay, what happened with the Ping Pong Balls first? I don't remember. I had added written down as well. He had Ping Pong Balls? No, or? I think he tries to grab something and then a lot of ping pong balls keep falling down yeah maybe those are golden eggs in a way a lot of death i wonder oh i think i thought it was some like visual representation of him losing control Ooh. Uh, i think i was thinking something like that um this isn't the ladies toilet which was a joke in the movie somewhere like he in the gas station he he goes looking for saskia when she just went missing yeah and, and he goes into the all, of course, all the stalls. Yeah. Even the female. <laughs> yeah. um, he broke his goddamn window? I don't remember that. He doesn't smoke. Then he smokes. So in the beginning, he doesn't smoke. She's rolling shag, and he doesn't smoke. And then at the end of the movie, Three years later, he Rex does. is smoking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Henny Freenton is great. I have that on here. <laughs> Pulse like the bad guy in Tenet. Oh, yeah. Um, what's his name? The bad guy in Tenet, famous director, just North Irish guy, um, uh, Kevin something. He's filmed Belfast, has been nominated okay. for a bunch of Academy Awards. But anyway, that bad guy is always checking his pulse with like oh, a okay. smartwatch. And your man, Bernard, in this movie as well, is always checking his pulse to see how in control yeah. of himself he is in these situations. Such uh, a freak. These are great observations. Uh, weird Dutch name combination. So Sutemelk, yeah. here we are. Now we're back to your. Have we talked about your name on the podcast, Van Bemelen? Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, doesn't mean anything. Doesn't mean so, anything. No. So Sutemelk, and they they run through a bunch of other ones. But who do you think? Like what? What of your? Naked is one they mention. Naked born. Yeah. Born naked. Yeah. yeah. 
Of all the people you know personally, who do you think has the strangest last name? Jesus. Um, Strange as in uncommon for a Dutch person? Uh, Strange, you know, just like weird. Do you already have someone in mind? No. I have yet to meet anyone that has like a peculiar name. Thinking which of my friends I will now single out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, nothing as strange as naakt geboren or soetemelk, I think. But maybe I'm forgetting about someone. I'm running through them all. No, everybody has fairly... Normal names. Normal names, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. We have a lot of the same friends, so... (laughs) It's the same boat here, yeah. I mean... My friend Emil, I think he has a great last name, Pabon, Emil Pabon. Yeah, but that's not a but Dutch that's not, name. Well, but he's Dutch at least. He is Dutch, yeah. No. yeah. My girlfriend, I'm not going to say her last name. I'm oh. not going to name Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Name her we'll name. bleep out Emil's name. Yeah. You just heard a bleep. <laughs> sure, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Emil. He's, uh, he's always photographing beautiful women. Yeah. You should true. follow him on Instagram. It's quite uh Yeah, beautiful. Emil Pabon. Yeah. Um, Okay, so funny names, but let's get back to f- holidays in France, because my uh, unnamed girlfriend, <laughs> now every time we talk about going on a holiday in the summer, we take her parents' car, and I always want to go to France, and every time she's like, I've been to France a thousand times with my parents, like, I don't no, want to keep going I to get France. that sentiment, yeah. But, and I, I actually just only want to go to Normandy, because I like Normandy. I like cider. I like the vibe. Okay, no, Normandy is a bit too cold, right? Not for we summer were vacation. No? We there was heat wave. It was really you know, toasty. Okay, nice. Uncomfortably warm. Yeah. You know, the. But yeah, France like it's so appealing and like it has so much to offer, and the food is good, and it's relatively affordable if you're not in a city. And and in Sporlos, I think there's more French than Dutch. Yes, and that is why it was not allowed to be the Dutch entry for the Academy Awards because wow. they did not consider it a Dutch language film because wow. it's about 50-50. Yeah, okay, I get that. And the funny thing is, I mean, Saskia is out of the movie pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. She's Dutch, mm-hmm. but even Rex is played by a Belgian actor. So he's not Dutch-Dutch per se. Yeah, and then your other man is French, yeah. and then it's a Belgian-French right? <laughs> movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why it's so goddamn good. Fuck you. Well, that, I mean, I think this is something I was thinking about with the movie. France is just kind of more cinematographic yeah. okay. than the French language and the French countryside and the towns. Is Yeah, the towns. It I mean, it has that yeah. French vibe. So you have a lot of scenes in the town where uh, Bernard is living. Yeah. Uh, the square yeah. where he's sitting, and um, let me see. Oh, yeah. he goes there a couple of times, of course, because he's already Rex has already been there with Bernard sitting right beneath uh, or right um, behind him, yeah. um, and that's not the time that they're there together when Bernard gets him from the Netherlands. No, Bernard's really getting off on playing the whole cat and yeah. mouse game. Uh, that's a great scene. I mean, that he's. In the whole scene, he's out of focus, Bernard. Uh-huh. And you just see Rex and his new girlfriend talking. Yeah. And his new girlfriend is totally done with him. Yeah. Like, why are you so obsessed with this woman? I mean, why did she even come alone to the south of France to do this with him? Yeah. It's also a bit weird, but okay. Nice of her. Sure. 
um, helping him him deal with drama. I guess that's a good thing. Uh, but then you, you got to drop that baggage, lady. Yeah. You can't just attach yourself to a damaged person. You're asking for it. So she walks off. Yeah. And then you still see Bernard sitting out of focus in the back. Yeah. I thought that was really well done. It was really nice. Yeah. Because you could really tell it's him. Yeah. But with really little visual input. Wow. Uh, and Bernard is really trying to be a that's the thing like he's trying to prove to like his motive is that he's trying to prove to himself that he can be evil because he had done something very good at one point in his life and so he's curious can i also do something very bad okay what was the good thing he did he rescued a drowning girl okay so you think he sort of keeps score yeah i saved one now i can take one i think that's what he's trying to explore and what he's like a physicist or a medical doctor he's a teacher yes i think so i can't remember in what um profession yeah but it's funny to like the kind of montage of him trying to kidnap different women at the gas station and all the different ways he's trying and they they're catching on to him and yeah okay so there's one woman actually suggests to him that he should try it at a gas station she she gets she notices that's what he's trying to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, yeah. well, what, and she says, why don't you go to the gas station and try tourists, I think? Yeah, yeah. Maybe he's, maybe she thinks that he's looking for sex or something. Yeah, okay, not necessarily kidnapping. No. Because that would be weird if she just will give him tips on how yeah. to kidnap. But go, she thinks... Go, okay, so go this murder is, the tourists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a French thing to say, though. Also, um, everything to say. Which is also a French thing, is that the family of Bernard, so even his daughter and his wife, they presume he has a mistress. So he's gone a lot just preparing this kidnapping and murder. Um, But they think that's because he has a mistress. That's why he's away. But they don't even, I mean, his wife cares. She also drops it fairly quickly, but his daughter doesn't even care at all. So it's funny to me that in France, it's just presumed you have a mistress and that's okay-ish. Yeah. It's like, oh, dad's got a special friend yeah. who no. he goes and visits every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> he even times it. Yeah, yeah he times it. He's very, he's very slow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that montage is good. Yeah, Bernard's great. He's very yeah. uncomfortable and he's very ugly. And Yeah, he's, he looks quite repulsive. He's very yeah. disgusting. He has the goatee thing going on. Yeah. You know who would have been really good playing him, I bet? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Good suggestion. He could have done yeah. it really. Yeah. They should do a remake with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, wait, no. Bring him back God from the golden it. egg. But you could imagine, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman as Bernard and then, like, Joaquin Phoenix as Rex. Nah, that would not be a good pick. No? No. You don't think he can play vulnerable enough? He's a bit too crazy in all his roles. But too intense. Rex starts to go crazy. Yeah, Rex does. But I, what I like about Rex in the beginning is that he's... He's, he's kind of a pussy. Well, he's... A square, yeah, yeah. Like your uh, the Johanna, she plays Saskia. Um, she's more the the one of the two of them that really gets them like going, energized. I think she has really good Dutch woman energy. Mm-hmm. Like she's very self assured, but also not always right. But she has this level of confidence that I no comment that I see in more Dutch women than I maybe I see in American women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she plays it very well. And it was one of her first roles, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And she's gone on to have quite a successful career. To say some one negative thing about her acting, and that has nothing to do with her per se, but more the time that it was filmed in, 1988. The, the way she talks, 
doesn't seem very natural. But that's all Dutch movies from that period, I guess. I feel like most Dutch movies, though, the dialogue is not... That's why it's nice when it, they switch to French. No, but it's it's definitely better. It's gotten a lot better throughout the years. I think the dialogue, more natural. I thought her struggling to speak French was qu- done quite naturally. No, uh, no. She's, like, trying to say stuff to to Bernard. And yep. She's really struggling. And I think that that's a unique dialogue scene to have is to to illustrate that you're struggling to speak a language yeah. that you don't know. Yeah. And we've all been there, especially when we go on holiday in France, mm-hmm. where I went <laughs> the first time I went. How far can you go? What? Un baguette? Un ba- yeah, un baguette. <laughs> it's about s'il vous plaît. Uh, no, I start every... S'il vous plaît. I start every conversation with a French person when I go to France with je ne parle pas français. Very good. And then they look at me and they say, okay. Well, let's see what happens. And then we try to make it work. They try to help you, though? Yeah, no. The French are, like, notoriously bad at handling tourists, right? That do not speak French. You know, I've never had a bad... Even in Paris, like, on a terrace. I've never been rubbed the wrong way. Everyone's always been very... um, I've only been to Paris once, Mm. and the rest is in the countryside. And then everyone's like, I was like, oh, do you know about poor Francais? Excuse-moi. Trying to charm them. It's cute. You're fine, you little idiots. Parlez-vous anglais? No. Okay. Just use your hands. Do you speak French? Nope. No, I mean, I mean, bits and pieces during high school. Yeah. Like, we have French in high school, um, but... I don't use it anymore, so no. Yeah. Shall we take a break and then we'll see what we come back and can talk about? Very good. All right. This has been the Dutch Film Podcast. Uh, we we're talking about the 1988 film Sporlos. Sporlos. We'll be back. Bye bye. And we're back. Is that our comeback? Yeah, it is. Now we're back. Now we're back. We're back to the Dutch Film Podcast with Gregory Marcus. And Erik van Bemmelen. And we're talking Sporlos. Sporlos. The 1988 horror thriller by George Slauzer. Slauzer, very good. Great film. Yeah. We've talked uh, a lot about going to France. Mm-hmm. And we're wrapping this up, and we're going to hit that hour and 15-minute mark that we've been trying so hard to hit. But you wanted to talk about cars. Yeah. Talk about France. You immediately have to talk about Citroën. 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 Uh-huh. Which is ironic, because when a car is shitty in America, Uh we call it a lemon. Really? And then a Citroën is a lemon in Dutch. Because they break down so much? I don't know. It's, the French cars? I don't know Maybe? if it's related, but we just call them a, a lemon. I hope not. I hope not. So my uncle, Peter, he has a Citroën garage. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, in the Netherlands, in Delft. Go visit him if you have an old Citroën. <laughs> and you need it repaired. And you, and you need it repaired, yeah, as you often do. Uh, I think with all the old versions... You need more time in the repair shop than you can actually drive it. But, I mean, that's the charm of having an old car. Yeah. But this is uh, late 80s, of course, when the movie is set. And there's some really nice... He drives a BX. BX? 
de uh, what's his name again? Rex. No, Bernard. Uh, Bernard. Ja. And he drives the same car um, in in the in, at the beginning as he does three years later, but a different color. I don't know if you saw this. He drives a red car before he kidnaps Saskia, and when he picks up Rex in the Netherlands, he's now driving a white version. I did not check the the license plate. Maybe he had just had it sprayed again from red to white. But yeah. I presume he just bought a new version. Yeah, you know, he's got to get rid of uh, so, all, yeah, the, okay. all the evidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was, I was I, thinking, I, what what could it signify? No, I was trying to get uh, see, uh, trying to make a, a pun about Los, like getting rid of... Uh, getting he los, wants to be he los, wants los. Los von... Los uh, hmm. What's the word for evidence? I mean... What's the word? In a bewijs? Bewijs, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Aanwijzingen, bewijs. Uh, yeah, bewijs, yeah. Oh. yeah. Rye bewijs. So driving I guess evidence. Ev- evidence of driving. Yeah. You drive, though. Yeah, I And, do. you know, that's the thing about Europe is not everyone has a license like in America. Not not, ev- not that True. everyone in America has a license. Actually, I drove a BX. You yeah. drove when? Yeah. When? A long time ago. The one, yeah. the one that I was in? The one that smelled like gasoline? No, that's C5. <laughs> C5. Which, now, which, and now which I we got up to 140 on the Autobahn and True, <laughs> true. Yeah. And then my hands started shaking. I think I did more shaking than the car did. I was, I was so, super hungover that day. Yeah, it's terrible. That, actually, my my hangover today reminded me a bit of my hangover my, back then. No, my hangover <laughs> from that trip when I sliced my finger open. We. Oui. And ever since then when I'm hungover and handling a knife, I'm always a bit like Don't do that. Why would you even do that? Because someone has to make breakfast. Okay. I don't use a knife. I was so cap- I was so cavalier to make breakfast for all of us and nice. <laughs> five minutes in, I sliced. I still have a scar even. Nice. It's a, an everlasting memory of a nice trip. So Citroën, I, li- I like driving Citroën, obviously. And I have a beautiful Xantia. What uh, What about Renault? Renault. Yeah, it's also a French. Car. Also French. Peugeot. Peugeot is French. Yeah, yeah. But Citroën is clearly the better. I've been watching a lot of Formula One, but Why? the Netflix series. Ah. I have no interest in watching a race, but the Netflix series is quite addictive. Too many people are already watching Formula One. It's too, it's too popular. It's too popular. Yeah. There's, there's a race today, even. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully nobody's watching because the sun Max is out. I hope Max loses. I know I'm supposed to be supportive of Dutch stuff, but Max He's not Dutch. He's no, not he's Dutch. Belgian. He's Belgian. Yeah. I don't know why everyone wants to... No. If he does badly this season, though, everyone's going to be like, he's fucking Belgian. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see this Belgian guy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. But yeah, you know, like uh, Renault or Citroën. Uh, Great cars. Renault, yeah. I mean, if you like those cars, then that's reason alone to watch this movie because you see a lot of scenes on the highway, of course, and in the old French town, and you see a bunch of great old Citroëns from a really specific time era. era. It's funny because in America, you know, like American machismo when it comes to cars, if someone were to say like, oh, I drive a French car, they'd be like, French car. Yeah, yeah. They would make fun of you because they think it would be a weak, bad car. Well, I mean, the French cars do, do also in the Netherlands have a bad name in the sense that they break down, I think, more often than a German car, for example, or a Japanese car. Hmm. Yeah. Korean. But they look great. I have no problem with a Peugeot or a Renault or a Very Citroën, good. you know. A Citroën I have, I have no problem. Yeah, you know. I mean, I don't know. I haven't driven a car in 10 years. Um, 
I'm a Volvo man, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's let that say what it will about my personality. Is I like a Volvo. Fitting. Yeah, and I'm a Citroen guy. Yeah. I like looks, but I break down a lot. <laughs> and I like safe and responsible. <laughs> well, this is really telling something about yeah. us. Okay. Okay, so that is that all you wanted to say? About yeah, basically. Well, I thought it was interesting that he's driving the same type of car. In the three-year interval, it, it has changed color and it's now white. Maybe he cleansed his conscious. You know why he has murdered, he, so it's not red anymore. Yeah. Why is he so? Oh, here we go. So much for an hour and fifteen minutes. <laughs> why is he so obsessed with Rex? Like, why mm. does he need to? You know, he did the deed. He did what he wanted to do. Okay. Why yeah. does he? Why are they both still so obsessed with one another? Well, why Rex is obsessed is, I think, more logical than yes. But, I mean, to be fair, Bernard is a very obsessive guy. The way he he prepares for this is he could have just abducted any girl and it would have been a lot more messy. But I think that's the whole point, right? He does this meticulously and really very artistic, I guess, I guess as well. Like writing everything down. He leaves a lot of evidence for a guy who tries to do something unnoticed. Yeah. Probably destroys it all in his own weird specific way. Perhaps. He, um, I was watching some fucking YouTube thing where, you know, like those breakdown videos where like a doctor breaks down 10 medical scenes oh, yeah. in movies. Ah. And one of them was with a scientist and they were talking about uh, chloroform. Okay. And how it actually like takes a really long time. Really? <laughs> you have to hold it there for they, quite a while. They always use it in Tintin comics. Chloroform. Yeah, that that's one of the first words I've learned as a kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the first words I learned was chlorophyll. I have no idea what it is. It's like the process for, it's like the cell and plants that converts, you didn't really learn no. that converts um, oxygen into or carbon dioxide into oxygen. There's this whole scene in Billy Madison, <laughs> which. You know, okay, forget about it. <laughs> Billy's there. And, Your excuse. This guy's talking about chlorophyll, more like borophyll. And of course, I watched that when I'm like six or seven. And then finally, you get to, you know, 10th grade chemistry or biology, and the teacher starts talking about chlorophyll, and everyone is like, you mean borophyll? But uh, I guess Billy Madison didn't catch on here. No, no, I have no idea who that is. People, Billy, Adam Sandler. Okay. Well. Uh, everyone in Europe only knows him now from Uncut Gems. Yeah. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, but I wanted to talk about, because I had never had this experience, but it is considered an infamous experience when you go on holiday in France, is that France rest stop, rest, rest stops, stop, used to have these bathrooms where it was just like a hole in the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So people are traumatized by this. Apparently. Yeah. But I mean... Oh, you what my you've when been, i think of gas stations non-western european countries so you've yeah. gone to the bathroom in far more interesting places i'm sure yeah i mean you can call it a bathroom but i've seen a lot of holes in the ground in, <laughs> in my time <laughs> I've, seen, oh, I've had some terrible experiences going to bathrooms i will not <laughs> tell them on this podcast maybe maybe another time we'll watch a movie about uh, food poisoning in africa and then yeah. you can tell us yeah. all your stories 40 degrees Celsius. A guy with no arms yelling at you. Trying to close a curtain. Then the curtain falls down. And there's no toilet paper. 
I've seen it all, people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. You turned into like. This, uh, is, I, I, this, this connects to the word I have for you. Apocalypse now. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. So I want to say, I have never encountered these. Every All my experiences with rest stops in France have been uh, very lovely. They're quite nice. The rest stops are quite nice and big. They remind me of, um, well, they're not as big as the world lar- world's largest truck stop, which is in Iowa, and it is the world's largest truck stop. Hmm. And hmm. it's uh, what I like about gas stations in France is that the food is actually good there. It is good. Yeah. yeah. So you could order a steak and fries, and it's actually fucking great. I would never do that though. Why not? Oh, my, my girlfriend always wants to like stop at the rest stop and like hang out. You know. For like thirty minutes, okay. And I'm more of the like, let's let's just get to where we're going. No, but then you definitely did not grow up in the Netherlands and went on holiday to the south of France. You need those stops. No, we don't go on holiday in America because when your yeah, mom okay. only gets two weeks paid holiday for a year, you know, mm-hmm. the luxuries of Europe. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. Yeah, no, holiday's great. I have four hundred vacation hours now, so yeah. go to a gas station. In France. I got to find a real shitty one. (laughs) (laughs) Order steak and it will still be great. Okay. Promise. Fair enough. The baguettes I've had there have been very delicious. Okay, so... I haven't even gotten to it. So my point I'm trying to make is I've yet to be confronted by one of these toilets. I I can't imagine how it works because I can't squat for more than 30 (laughs) seconds because I'm... We can try now. That will be great content for, <laughs> for this podcast. I'll just count. One and that we were supposed to talk about on this podcast uh, that we both have back issues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this could be a podcast about back issues, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so what is the word that you have um, yep. for our segment? Bum, bum, Stop. Bum. Oh. Dutch bad word. Klootzak. Okay. Today we have, and it was difficult actually to pick a word because there is, as we already mentioned, a lot of French in the movie. So, I did get one. It's a good one, I think. Flapdol. May you spell it, please? F L A P P. Sorry, <laughs> there's not there are not two P's in it. I was just okay. F L A P D R O L. Flop D R O L. Yeah, D R O L. Flop. Oh, I would have assumed you already knew it, but flop is actually like a flap, like an upper flap. Yes, it's like folded. Uh, yeah, a flap <laughs> and drool. I feel like I'm, it's not drool. No, no, it's not drool. Boring? Nope. Uh, it can be boring, but mostly it's not. No. All right. So it's a folded bore. No. <laughs> okay. Now draw is a turd. A turd. Yeah. So a folded turd. A flappy turd. A flappy yeah. turd. Is yeah. it a folded turd or a flappy turd? Yeah. I, I mean, I've never seen one, but. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You've never met one either. Apparently. Well, I, I did. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a word you would use for someone who's not performing up to the task like flapdol like a, or maybe just any old sucker like what a flapdol a flapdol yeah. and is it still used today yeah it's a, it's a for sure yeah it's like a nicer version of something like clothes suck 
Uh, I mean, Flapdoor is it's someone who doesn't really know what he's doing. Yeah. So it's not necessarily you're saying someone's a bad person. You're just... They're a bit clueless. Yeah. 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 Okay. They can help themselves. Come on, what a flattle. Yeah. yeah. Well, fucking hopeless case. Hopeless Lost case. cause. Lost cause. A flappy dirt. A flappy dirt. <laughs> a piece of shit. <laughs> a piece of shit. Yeah. No, not all lost causes are pieces of shit. Some people no. just have lost their way. True. Yeah. So, Sporlos. Wait, so that concludes this segment of. I think so. Dutch bad words. Klotzek. So, Sporlos. Mm-hmm. A great movie. Great movie. Go watch, watch it, it Go for watch sure it. if it's, you can. It's not that long. It's maybe 90 minutes. It was good. Yeah. Yeah. You can watch it. Maybe no you complaints. can even watch it internationally on the iFilm player. Check that out. Yeah. We should have ch- checked it out. Well, yeah. I just plug in a VPN or I guess I could text someone back home and say, um, what? Is this- <laughs> we will leave this in the show notes. Yeah. You can find it at I and, you know, mm-hmm. support I. You know, it's not that they don't have millions and millions of. Oh, shots taken. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Great movie. I think it uh, is, while being a wonderful thriller horror film, is also uh, explores some areas of Dutch uh, psyche, even if it's Dutch holiday, and you had to watch a, two people die to get a better sense of a Dutch holiday. In yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think it definitely... It's all the right notes if you're talking about the Dutch holiday. Yeah. It's like a, a good little movie to experience what it's like to be Dutch and go on holiday. Yeah. For sure. And to be young and in love and obsessive and... Fucking obsessive. And to be middle-aged and obsessive obsessive and yeah. sociopath. And drive a Bay X in a different color every three years. There you go. You can drive. Go find one and bring it to Eric's uncle's garage in Amersfoort, uh, wherever it is. Delft. Delft. Delft, Amersfoort, come on now. Okay, well, we'll watch a movie set in Delft or Amersfoort one day. We will. Will we? Yeah, I think so. Well, who knows when we're going to watch our next movie. (laughs) It took us long (laughs) enough to get to this one. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Dutch Film Podcast. All right. Like and review and subscribe. Uh, Five stars, reviews only. Oh, we didn't have any ads in this one. Yeah, we did. You'll hear an ad. It was uh, great. You'll hear an ad after. The, we'll close with an ad because <laughs> everyone's going to stick around to listen to whatever <laughs> advert we have for. Ding, 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 ding. Frisbees. Frisbees. Nice. 13.50 mm, francs. francs. I have a Frisbee and I have not used it. We bought it when we went to France for the holiday. I bought like a $20 Frisbee. Whoa. Overpriced? No. Th- those like, are gas station prices. No, no. It's a good Frisbee. But. It's so hard to find. A, so good that he didn't use it. He didn't it's want so to lose hard it. to find a field in Europe. Next up, we'll talk about fields in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> On our podcast, Fields in Europe. Later. Bye-bye.